Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for that wonderful reminder of how great our God is. Well, good morning, church. So good to see you this morning. If you're visiting with us, thank you for coming and joining us for worship. You're our honored guest. We have a QR code on the pew in front of you or on the screen, and you'll scan that just so we get to know you a little bit better. And at the end of the service, we have a special gift for you right out this way at our Welcome Center. We want to welcome those of you watching online as well. But let's stand together. Let's worship together as Tim leads us in this song.
Amen. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? And that promise comes through the blood, the blood of Jesus. And there is power in the blood this morning. Let's sing it together. Would you be free? Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, there is power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood, come for a cleansing to Calvary's time. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, there is power, wonder-working power in the blood. wider than snow. There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, there is power, wonder-working power in the blood. Would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. Come on, church. There is power, there is power, wonder-working power in the blood, in the blood of the Lamb. Take a few moments, greet somebody around you this morning, tell them how happy you are to see them. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you only trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? All right, church, church, here we go. 
this morning church and are you thankful for the blood this morning yeah <laughs> isn't it great to know that we can come and sing together today we can praise the king of kings and the lord of lords and we've talked about he's the way the truth and the life but it's because of the blood that we have that promise of coverage of sins hope for tomorrow he's great this morning Look, we're going to sing this next song together proclaiming how great he is it's his breath that he gave us this morning to wake up let's return this praise to him because he is worthy of it all so let's sing this together you give life you give life you are love you bring light to It's your breath 
off of this place the proclamation of this great truth. All the earth will shout your praise. Come on, church, let's sing it. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing.
I invite you to do so. Won't you come pray with me this morning? together. Oh God, how great it is to be in your house today and to be able to sing your praise and to shout your praise. You alone are worthy and deserving. God, we have come today to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Father, words are not adequate to express our gratitude for everything you've done for us. Father, I pray today that if there are folks here or watching that don't know you personally, I pray that a song that's sung, a prayer that's prayed, your word that's proclaimed might penetrate into someone's heart and they might come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that you would forgive me or forgive us of any sin that would hinder our prayer or hinder our worship. I pray, God, that our hearts would be right with you, our minds would be right with you, our lives would be in tune with you, that our walk, oh God, would be faithful and obedient. Father, I just pray that you would just continue to, to be with those who are hurting and grieving today. Father, we, we pray for those families who lost loved ones in this horrific shooting in Jacksonville, Florida. Father, we pray for the hate to stop. We pray that people would love one another. You tell us we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. Bring peace and unity in our country and in our world. And may it begin in each of our lives. Father, we pray for revival and spiritual awakening to break loose in this church, in our hearts, in our state, our country, in our world. Because Jesus, you're our only hope. Father, I pray today that you would remove anything from our lives that would hinder our time of worship and our walk with you. Father, we lift up so many that are in the hospital and recovering from surgeries, facing surgeries, going through treatments. We believe you're the great healer and the great physician. We pray for a miracle of healing. Lord, I pray for relationships to be reconciled. I pray, God, that lives would be transformed, that addictions would be broken, the fog of depression would be lifted. Father, loneliness would be removed. That anxiety and fear would be replaced with the peace that passes all understanding that comes from faith in Jesus. So, Father, I pray that our hearts would be in step with your spirit this morning. May we not run ahead of you nor lag behind you, but Keep us in perfect step with your Holy Spirit. I ask now, God, that you would continue to guide us through the service.
continue to sing and play through our musicians and speak through your word and through your servant. And I pray, God, that we would draw closer to you. We'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the victories we trust you to bring. In the strong and holy name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Romans chapter 12? And uh, would you be in prayer for our choir as they come to lead us after the reading of God's Word? Verse 1, Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you all for leading us in that beautiful song. And thank you again for being here and allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. I always like to share a little humor to get you ready to hear more important things. Maybe you heard the story about the blonde who called her boyfriend and she said, I, I need your help. You've got to come over quickly. He said, what is it? She said, I've got this killer puzzle and I can't even figure out how to get started. He said, well, well what's the puzzle supposed to be when it's finished? And, and she said, wait a minute. And she looked at the box and said, a tiger. He said, I'll be right there. Well, he gets to the house, goes in, sees the pieces spread out all over the table. And he looks at the pieces. He looks at the box. He looks at his girlfriend. He said, honey, no matter what we do or how much time we take to try to assemble these pieces, there is no way that we can get these pieces to resemble a tiger. And then he took her hand into his hand, and he said, sweetheart, I just want you to relax. Maybe we can have a cup of tea, and then you can help me put these frosted flakes back in the box. They're great. <laughs> the joke was not so great. <laughs> oh, my. A few Sundays ago, we began a series of sermons called Anchoring Down. And we came to understand that in life, there are storms that blow. There are circumstances that are unforeseen. There are new challenges, maybe like the start of a new school year, students or teachers or parents. And, and we need an anchor that we can hold on to when the storms of life flow. The ultimate anchor we understand is Jesus Christ. And our faith in Jesus Christ helps us to be anchored when the storms of life come. We read out of Hebrews 6.19, we have this anchor for the soul, firm and secure. But we also understand that there are other anchors that we can drop to help us stay in proper place and proper position in our relationship with God. We drop the first anchor of purpose. I've shared with you multiple times, did you know that there's a purpose for your life? God created you with a unique uh, blend of gifts and talents to be used for His glory. God has a purpose for you. We know that Jesus lived out His purpose on the earth when He went to the cross to die for our sins. Then He rose three days later to show we have victory over sin. We have victory over death. We know that Paul fulfilled his purpose as an ambassador for Christ as he called himself an ambassador in chains, in chains that he was willing to be a martyr for Christ. And we know that he died in that Roman dungeon when he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He lived out his purpose. What about you? Are you living out your purpose here on this earth in which we live? First anchor we dropped was purpose. And last week, we dropped the anchor of courage. 
Some of you are here today and you need courage to face your storm. You need courage to make a decision. You need courage to confront that person. You need courage to make a wrong right. You need courage to ask for forgiveness. You need courage to say, I love you. We saw last week Joshua who needed the courage to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. And you remember what the Lord said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. And he gave Joshua that courage to lead the people into that land flowing with milk and honey. And today we come to the third anchor that we're dropping to help us to weather the storms and to face the challenges of a new year, a new school year, or a new job, or a new relationship. We worship. We drop the anchor of worship. You know, people that aren't Christians don't understand what it means to worship the Lord when the storms of life come. But when we are in the faith, we don't give up. We don't quit. We continue to worship the one who is worthy to be praised. That's what separates us from those who don't know the Lord, even as challenging as it is at times. When we go through hardship, we are still to worship the Lord because worship will bring us victory. Worship will bring breakthrough. Worship will keep us steady in place wherever we may be when the storms of life blow. But in our scripture passage today, we read out of the book of Romans. And uh, if you would read um, chapters 1 through 11 in Romans, Paul is presenting about the righteousness and the grace that God offers through Jesus Christ. And then in chapters 12 through 16, Paul is sharing how those who have responded to the righteousness and grace of God can now apply it to their daily lives by demonstrating what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, to live out their faith on a daily basis. And then we come to Romans 12 today. And again, we're, we're shifting from when there's a therefore, there's a reason it's therefore. It says, therefore, uh, since we, are, we have been called uh, or, or to stand in view of God's mercy as brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, he said, I urge you. Well, the first point today is that we are to have a heart of gratitude, a heart of gratitude in view of God's mercy. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people that misunderstand what worship really is. Rick Warren, pastor, author, said in his book years ago, Purpose Driven Life, that worship is a lifestyle of enjoying God, loving Him, and giving of ourselves to fulfill His purposes. And that's what we're called to do. When we think of worship, sometimes we just think it's talking about music. And let me tell you, 
the worship has nothing to do with the, the style of music, the speed of the music, or, or how loud the, the music is. Rick Warren went on to say that a lot of people um, try to disagree, even Christians disagree on which style of music or what kind of music is more God-honoring or more biblical. And he said, there's no one type of music that's more God-honoring or biblical than another. He said the important thing that we need to understand is, yes, you might have a preference, you might have a preference, but at the end of the day, our worship is for God's benefit, not for our benefit. It's for His pleasure, not for our entertainment. That's what real worship is. And really, it's coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. And so, when we think about a heart of gratitude, he said, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. What is he talking about? The view of God's mercy is what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you and me. We are all sinners saved by God's grace and by his mercy. And so in view of God's mercy, how should we live our lives? We should live with gratitude, heartfelt gratitude. Paul said in Ephesians 2, 8, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Paul said in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the mercy and grace that I'm talking about. That's the mercy that Paul was speaking of, that, that we are all sinners. But because of his great mercy, we've been forgiven. And we should have a, really, this is our motivation for worship. This is our motivation coming from a heart of gratitude. And remember when the teacher of the law came to Jesus in Mark chapter 12 and he said, out of all the commandments, which one is the most important or the, or the greatest? You remember what Jesus said? Jesus said in verse 30 and 31, he said, the most important one is this, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And so, when we worship God, we're giving Him our whole heart, our, our whole being. That, that's what Paul was talking about in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18, when he said, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do you remember there was a story that... Uh, that's shared in John chapter 4 of Jesus going to Jacob's well. Remember at Sychar, there was a well. Jesus went there about noon one day, and uh, there was a woman there. You know the story of the woman at the well. There was a Samaritan woman, and Jews and Samaritans uh, did not have a good relationship. And you remember as Jesus was there, 
he struck up a conversation with this Samaritan woman, and he was talking about the water that she was drinking. She would thirst again, but he had a living water that would cause her never to thirst again. And, and remember, as they began to talk, Jesus confronted her about her sin. You remember that? And said, you've had five husbands, and the man you're living with right now, he's not your husband. And, and they went on, and I guess the woman didn't like the direction things were going, and she could see that, that Jesus was a prophet, and she like tried to change the conversation. And she began to talk about worship and said, uh, um, you know, we've always worshipped on this mountain, uh, Gerizim, and, and yet the Jews worship on this mountain. And, and she was trying to change the subject. And Jesus said in John 4, 23, he goes, yet uh, one day, and, and actually now the time has come for true worshipers to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And these are the worshipers that the Father seeks. But the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. What does it mean? Well, it was not a capital S when it says we'll worship in spirit. I think he was referring mainly to our spirit deep within. When our spirits worship honestly, genuinely, authentically, giving him our best when we worship him. And in truth is that Jesus is who he said he was in accordance to God's word. The praise team just saying that he is John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me to worship in spirit and truth is giving him our whole heart, our whole being, giving him our best because he gave us his best when he sent his son to die on the, the cross. And then I'm reminded of 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, when God was uh, calling Samuel to anoint David as the king of Israel. And, and do you remember how some uh, were looking at David's appearance and didn't think he was maybe fitting to be the king? And, and yet the Lord said in, in verse 7 of 1 Samuel 16, goes, the Lord does not look at what people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And... That's what the Lord looks at when we are worshiping. He looks at our hearts. It's the attitude of our hearts that our hearts would be in tune with His heart. Our lives would match His Word, that our lives would reflect His holiness and His godliness. And so today, I don't know what's going on in your heart, but God knows. And I pray that our hearts would reflect the glory and majesty of our King and our Lord and our Savior, that our hearts and the attitudes of our heart would be in proper standing with the Lord. Years ago, over 20 years ago, there was a church in England called the Soul Survivor Church. And uh, the pastor was uh, 
Mike Pilavachi. And this was back when contemporary praise music was, was just getting started, and it was a new thing. It was on the cutting edge. And the Soul Survivor Church there near London, England, was, uh, was experiencing this uh, new music. And they had a new sound system and, and had, the, had the instruments and the, and the band and, and had it all. But the pastor said something was missing. And he couldn't exactly figure it out. And then he didn't know if it was the authenticity of the worship. He didn't know if it was more of a performance instead of hearing the the real message of why they were singing. So the pastor said, we're going to take a break. We're not going to do any band. We're not going to do any sound system. We're going to strip all that away. We're just going to do God's Word and and we're going to pray, and then eventually they would do some a cappella singing, and, and they were just taking all that away from the church. And then the worship leader's name was Matt Redman. And Matt Redman said he kind of felt out of place. He was the worship leader, and they weren't really doing any music during the time, and it was just like, what am I to do? So he wrote a song during that period that the choir just did a beautiful job of singing. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for this thing. I've made it because it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Our worship is all about Jesus Christ. That's why we do what we do. It's all about Him. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus. And I am so grateful that this morning that we can have a a heart of gratitude. But then Paul also encourages us to, uh, to have a humility and sacrificial giving to have humility. He said, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Now, y'all remember in the Old Testament, the way worshipers please God is by animal sacrifices. That's how they atone for their sin. An animal was sacrificed. But when Jesus, the Lamb of God, was sacrificed on the cross, we no longer have to do animal sacrifices because Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the debt. He was the sacrifice for you and for me. Yet Paul says that he urges us to be uh, to offer our bodies as living sacrifice. You've heard it said, the problem with living sacrifices as they keep crawling off the altar. And so many times we don't understand that we are to, in humility, offer ourselves to the Lord. It's all about Him. Uh, I think about what Jesus told to those disciples when He gave the requirement 
for following him. He said in Luke 9, 23, if anyone would come after me, they must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. We must deny selves, our preferences, our selfish desires, what we think is best, what we think we should do. Because to be a living sacrifice, we're sacrificing self and we're picking up our cross and we're following him for what he's done. And then to be a living sacrifice could also mean out of 1 Corinthians six nineteen, when Paul said, did you not know or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you? So to be a living sacrifice, we're, we're living our lives in such a way with the Holy Spirit, again, our spirit connecting with the Spirit of God, that we are growing in His likeness and we're offering our best to Him. We offer Him our time. We offer Him our talents. We offer Him our tithe. We give Him our praise. We give Him our prayers. We give Him our passion for Him and our purpose to serve Him. That's part of being a living sacrifice for Him. We're honoring Him, serving Him, not self, but we're serving Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now think about what Paul said in Romans 12, 6. We all have a, a gift according to the grace given, in, given to us. Did you know we all have a gift? Are you using that gift? Are you using that gift to make a difference for the kingdom of God? If you don't lose, if you don't use that gift, you're in danger of losing that. Use what God has given you to glorify Him, to serve others. I shared this at the early. We're, we're getting close here, but um, I could use, I always hesitate to use one person's name because I could mention many of your names. I could call out so many of you who do a beautiful job of serving the Lord and using your giftedness to bring glory to God. I could, I could go on for hours talking about different ones of you, and you know who you are. But I wanted to share about someone I shared at the early service. They're 80-some years old. I, I'm not, you know, not supposed to ask a woman their age. She, she's in her 80s. I've said that to ladies before. I'll say, I know it's not polite for a man to ask your age, but what is your age? They said, it's not polite. <laughs> so, anyway, she's in her 80s. And sometimes people think, well, God can't use me. You know, it, it, I'm past my prime. It's somebody else's job. I can't. Well, let me tell you just a few things that I'm aware of. This lady um, volunteers at the Cross Center. Um, our Cross Center is managed by Lee Rainwater, our recreation director. But then he has a lot of volunteers. Well, she's a volunteer at the Cross Center, works every week, maybe multiple times a week, 80-something. She also heads up our prayer shawl ministry. We've got a group of ladies that, that make prayer shawls and take them to, to folks that have had a newborn, people that are having surgery, uh, people in the hospital, people in jail, people that are 
uh, shut-in people that are going through rough times, she heads that up. She heads up Bunko on Fridays at the Cross Center. But not only that, she's all the time uh, offering her financial resources to help a ministry of this church. Last year, I think there were like 160-some or maybe 180-some kids that got to play in a basketball league at the Cross Center completely free because she sponsored the whole league at no expense to any of the parents or families that participated. And I'm so grateful for Sue Ann McCullum, who is constantly given of her time. Even when she's volunteering at the Cross Center, she's, she's working on a prayer shawl. Or she's saying, Todd, would you pray for this person or pray for that person? If Sue Ann can do that in her 80s, what can you do at your age? What can you do to say, I'm offering my body as a living sacrifice? And then the last part says, pure and holy, for this is your true and pure act of worship. And, and the last thing is we want a holiness that glorifies God. We worship through a holiness that, glorif that glorifies God. I think I told you, when we built this building, we built the cross center, we wrote scriptures all over the floor, all over the walls, all over the concrete, all over unpainted uh, drywall. We, we wrote scriptures to anoint this building with God's Word and with His Spirit. And the scripture that we wrote over in the cross center on the floor because I knew it was going to be multiple use, was 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. What is the chief aim of man? To glorify God and to joy, enjoy Him forever. To glorify God, to enjoy Him forever. And then Peter said in 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. To be holy means to be set apart, to be different, to live your lives in such a way that your life is in constant worship of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Years ago, there was a 17th century uh, cook in a French monastery, Brother Lawrence. And uh, Brother Lawrence uh, wrote uh, the, the practice, practicing the presence of God. And he shared that even the most menial tasks, like preparing food, washing dishes, could be praise and worship to God. And he said the key to a friendship with God is not in what you do, but the attitude in which you do it. Isn't that true in so many levels? It's not what we do, but it's the attitude in which we do it. And so he encouraged people that no matter what your profession, you can be a witness by worshiping the Lord by the heart and the attitude in which you do it. And in closing, I want to share just a couple more uh, stories that when I think about worship, I think about people that are able to worship 
during the greatest storm of their lives. I think about in Job chapter 1, after Job lost all of his livestock, lost all of his possessions, and then a messenger came and said, all ten of your children have died. Do you remember what Job did in verse 20? It said, Job got up, he tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped the Lord. And then he would go on to say, that was in verse 20, he would go on to say, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. That's worship, isn't it? Remembering God's goodness and His mercy even in the depths of your despair and your heartache. I could go on sharing stories about people in this church that have lost loved ones, that have lost children, that faithfully serve the Lord. I watched a family after losing a child in a car accident stand at this altar with their hands on the casket, lifting their hands in worship to the Lord in their deepest grief. I don't think there was a dry eye in this place as we saw their heart of loving the Lord even in their greatest depth of despair and heartache. Worship, you all, is about us being in tune with Him every moment of every day. You know, I pray before I preach every Sunday, I pray, Lord, that you would prepare my heart, prepare the hearts of the people that will be there. I've told you that's being prepared. We start preparing before Sunday ever comes. Worship is a lot more than singing and preaching on Sunday. Worship is the way we live our lives every day of the week. And today, if you don't know Christ, He's at the heart of worship. He's what it's all about. If you don't know Him, you're not going to understand what it means to really worship Him. If you don't know Christ today, won't you give your heart and life to Him, confess your sins? He loves you and He'll forgive you. I promise that. Maybe you're a Christian and you've lost a song. You've, you've gotten your heart off track. It, it's become more about you instead of more about Him. And you want to come back today and say, Lord, I'm sorry for this thing. I made it. It was more about me and not about you. Once you come back to Him today and you can recommit your life to Christ. Or maybe you've been looking for a church. I want to tell you, we are blessed. I know I'm kind of partial. This is a wonderful church. I've said it over and over. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But the one that we worship is. And as long as you're looking at Him, there's no fault in Him. He's perfect. The perfect Lamb of God who died for you and for me. And he wants us not to die for him, but to live for him. To be a living sacrifice. This is holy and pleasing. Brings glory to him. Don't you want to bring glory to him today? Pleasing the Lord more than anything. That's what it's all about. May we pray together. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that 
there are any of us, Lord, that as you look into the attitude of our hearts and spirit, if something's not right, God, remove it, forgive me, forgive us, purify us. We never want to quench your spirit or hinder your Holy Spirit. God, I'm grateful that your spirit is alive and moving in this place and in our hearts. Father, I pray that if there are those who have never placed their faith and trust in you, it would be my humble privilege and honor to pray with some, many, that can come to know Christ today. That we would no longer put it on, that we would do what you've been leading us to do right now. Lord, maybe there are Christians that have lost the song. There are Christians that have allowed the storm to move them away from you instead of drawing closer to you. Oh, Father, bring them back today. Bring them home. And that we can love them and encourage them and pray for them and support them. Father, I pray for folks looking for a church. This is a wonderful church. I, I love this church. I love the people. The people are the church. And uh, Father, I pray if someone's looking or several looking for a church home, they would find a, a storm shelter here. And we know you're the captain of the sea. You're the, the master that brings peace. Lord, I pray that someone would have the courage today to come to you or come back to you. However your spirit leads, we just pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite you, if you're in this place, to stand. And it'd be my privilege to pray with you about your decision. Won't you come as we sing together once again this song? When the music fades And all is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's of worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within, through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of words. And it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it, when it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. King of endless worth, no one could express 
how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours. Every single breath, I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. And aren't you grateful it's all about him and not about us? I praise the Lord for that. I want to thank you so much for worshiping with us today, whether here or online. Again, if you're a guest, I hope you will come back and worship with us again really soon. Even tonight, from 5 to 7, we're having our uh, second annual ministry fair. It all takes place downstairs in the fellowship hall. And it's going to be a night where many ministries are represented. Bible study, small group opportunities, service opportunities ways to get to know about our church, Sunday school classes represented. Um, It's going to be a great night. And on top of that, this is also a celebration for our children and families after their celebration event was rained out at the Juniper Hills Water Park. We're going to have a petting zoo. We're going to have inflatables. This is for uh, children and big children, too, Hoggy's ice cream truck, Squeals on Wheels will be here. It's going to be a great night from 5 to 7. Come and go as you please. It'll be a wonderful night. And maybe you've been thinking about joining or getting plugged in. You're not sure. This is the time to come and find out how you can get more involved in the body of Christ. But I want to thank you so much for being here today and allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. We always have a great time together. And I want you to just uh, know that at the early service, uh, we had a family, Ron and Sarah and Gunnar Bradley, to join. And Gunnar made his public profession of faith in Christ. So we give God praise for that. Do you know the Bradleys? 
you know, the Bradleys reach out to them, welcome them into this family of faith and say an encouraging word to Gunner. But thank you so much for being here. Sean, there you are, man. If you want to close this, that'd be great. Yes, sir. Let's sing this great chorus. There's power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. God, we thank you for your blood that covers our sin. Thank you for your mercy and grace. And Lord, I pray that we would leave here today with a, a song in our heart and a spirit, an attitude of worship that would take us throughout the week, that people would see you above anything and everything else living in our lives. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.